everybody, Daniel Ramsey here, and today I am joined by Sean Taggy, the COO and partner of Memphis Investment Group. Sean, thanks for being here today. Hey, thank you so much, Dan. I'm stoked to be on here. Honored to have you, uh, to be on here with you. Ready to talk about some good stuff. So let's give the audience a little background information about the company that you run. And I just want to shout out here. I love what you shared with me earlier. You guys have a spreadsheet which tracks return on investment and daily tasks with your virtual assistant company. So we're going to dive deep into that. But before we do, let's just hear a little bit about your company so we can set the stage for the audience. Sure. Yeah. We are a house flipping company, a turnkey company. So instead of flipping it to like a homeowner, we're flipping it to an investor who's going to buy it and keep it as a rental and we'll property yep. manage. Uh, I have two other partners, Jim Reedy and Brad Reedy. Uh, you know, Jim's been doing business in here for 40 years in Memphis. So nice. I kind of just fill in the cracks for them. You know, I'm more the organized, the, the operations guy handling the day-to-day tasks and they're out achieving their big vision and I'm trying to get it done for them. I uh, love it, it, man. Streamlined. Yep. So you, it's a great duo trio there. Yeah. You you have a weird background too. Like you used to work on heart. So how did you go from heart to real estate? Yeah, I did artificial heart research as a biomedical engineer. Uh, I love helping progress the medical field and, uh, you know, I had saving lives with, with artificial hearts, but it was more research and in a, in a cubicle and doing data, which I like, but I also like talking to people and uh, entrepreneurship. I've always kind of been raised that way. So real estate really hit it to me and I just loved it so much. And that's what kind of transitioned me into there where I use my strengths of my analytics and skill, engineering skills, problem solving skills but for real estate where you have bigger problems in real estate. Well, you know, different problems that involve more people issues that it's just more enjoyable for me. Kind of. You just found your home in the real estate world. Yeah. Yeah. It just clicked with me. I was way, way passionate about it. That's awesome. Okay. Let's give the audience an idea about your guys's volume, like on a regular month, regular year, how many transactions are you doing on the flip and fix side? And then how many folks are you property managing on, on the long-term hold side? Sure thing. So on the turnkey fix and flips, we do about 250 flips a year. Yeah. So for the past three years, been running through that. We're going to bust out this year into 300. That's our big goal. We're definitely going to hit that goal this year on that side. Uh, We do a couple wholesales here and there, maybe 10 or 20 a year. Yep. Uh, Some buy and holds of our own personal here and there. Uh, And then on property management, that's owned by Reading Company, but my partners who own that, I help out with that company. Um, they, we manage over 2,700 doors here in Memphis, Tennessee. Jeez. So we're, we're, we're one of the top three operators in, in flipping turnkey and also property management. Property management. So it's a huge operation. Yeah. I mean, if you can combine the whole rehab division, the property management, the brokerage, the, the acquisitions, the sales, the turnkey, I mean, there's over 70, 80 employees full time. Jeez. Okay, great. And right now, okay, so you became a client back in 2018. And what happened? Like, why did you decide to hire virtual assistants? And why did you think they were good fit for the business? Yeah, so I mean, just things would fall through the cracks. And they're just medial things like, oh, if I just had someone who would check every week, the closing HUDs to make sure something's prorated on it, or if I just had someone to fill in these numbers for me, I'd be able Mm -hmm. to know if we missed something, you know, like checking the prices, checking the rents with so many deals going in and out. uh, It's hard to do. Then, you know, someone to just kind of more free up time for me and my acquisitions and sales managers to do more of the higher end stuff. Like, Hey, I could call 20 more high end clients if I didn't have to 
type in these numbers, you know, or, or do something like that. Yeah. So I just felt like it was like, you know, just thinking of like highest and best use of my current people I'm paying almost, you know, six figures plus, you know, I, I would kind of want to help them out with some assistance so that they can focus on what they're really good at, which is being belly to belly talking with, with clients. Yeah. Well, right. and I love what you said because there's this concept in real estate, the highest and best use, right? When you get a corner, you put a gas station that's high visibility or a retail spot. Well, in leverage, which is building businesses, people have highest and best use also. Well, and so what I love about what we do is we help companies like yours scale and get leverage. So I love it. How do you know, like we talked about it a little bit, our virtual assistants for you are actually doing calls, answering them live, making calls. That's innovative. I think it's smart. The administrative side is a no brainer, but this other side on the fix and flip and the real estate acquisition side, people are like, oh, I don't know if I want a virtual assistant doing it. So what's been your experience around that? Yeah. So I, I looked at the pros and cons. I was thinking of hiring just like a, a third party call center where they just, yep. you know, you pay them by the minute yep. and I, I've heard good and bad about them. I've heard, heard people have success with them. where like, Oh, they're great. And some not. And I, I just wanted more control. So I, I basically like very slowly created my own internal call center. First, it was like my one ISA answering the calls live. I gave them a script tested that person out. And they, you know, you know, some people have the stigma like, Oh, they, they won't sound as good on the phone as a U.S. citizen, but I tested it out. And actually it's, it's a very small ratio. Just depends on the ISA that you find. Uh, yep. People don't, don't really notice the accent. And then, you know, so over time though, I actually now have three to where we can answer almost all the calls live unless they call it like two to two to four in the morning. Right. <laughs> And uh, I just feel like it was a cost to benefit ratio. And now I have control over the, the VAs where they know our own internal processes, our own ways of scheduling an appointment or not, depending on the call and the motivation of the seller. Yep. So, you know, I just, I was just like, you know what, we're, we're big enough. We do enough volume for me to have these three ISAs to really kind of take place of a call, a third party call center. And are you literally, you have coverage seven days a week, most, most, most waking yeah, hours? Most, most days a week. I mean, uh, so, you know, I'm an engineer. So I ran, when are all of our calls? When do they likely happen? What time? So yeah. I, I have 90% of the working week. Uh, one of our VAs is ready to answer it live. And uh, so we, that, that's been great. You know, the other times there's only, you know, 2% of the calls happen that time. And we just hit them up the next day. And answering a live call in your business oh. is really key. Yeah. I mean, statistically, we know that's, that's the key. Yes. And, and how do you track how many live calls you guys have versus how many you don't or? Yeah, I actually have created a whole scorecard uh, for each of my VAs. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe someone's quoted this, but how can you win like a football game or a soccer game if the scoreboard is, is hidden the whole entire game, right. you know, and, and you don't even show it after the games. Like, well, who won? What, what's the fun in that? So I have a whole scorecard for each one of my VAs and actually everyone on my team. And yep. so, you know, for my ISAs, how many leads, how many calls are they doing? Um, you know, and all these types of things, how many appointments they're setting and all these other things, uh, you know, so, and then internal, they have projects completed, audits in our reports, warranties, just a lot of internal things they do. Then I also track, you know, how many calls they answer, how many calls we get, so, you know, we're running at around a, let's see, average here, 83% average of answering calls live. Then of mm. the ones we miss, you know, of the 20% or so we miss, we get back to 70%. And I'd say those other random, you know, 2% of calls, there's just weird prank callers that call us anyway. So, but yeah, we're, yeah. we're answering pretty much every call live, or if not, we're getting back to them real quick, which once we started doing that, it's been a key to our success. Okay. 
And this is amazing. And I think it's very helpful for our audience to see that if you're listening on our podcast right now in the show notes, we'll have a link to it and a blank one. So you can kind of see what the different tasks are and what, what you ought to be tracking. Um, Sean, how did you know that this was important to the team when you were kind of setting it up? Cause you built all this yourself, which is a lot of work, by the way, how did you know this was the important thing to do? As with any employee, and person on your team, they're only as good as you as the leader trains them to be and, and spends the time. And uh, at first when I was starting off with people, I was like, oh, I have to train them. And I like, it's so tiring. You know, it's a waste of time. They won't remember it. But I've, I've learned over the years that every hour I spend training and spending on with my employees, it saves me 10 to 100 to 1000 hours, especially if they stay my employee. For yeah. some of them, I'm up to, you know, two or three years now. Yeah. And yeah. so it's only as good as you, you direct them, you give them the, the tools and the training to be. So we have a weekly team meeting. They, they report the scorecard. We go over the numbers. We, we talk about if they're struggling, we talk about if they're doing amazing to where the other VAs kind of, you help. know, have the little help and a little competitiveness with each other to, to stay yeah. motivated. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's just been awesome. So uh, we call it, what you're talking about, we call it compound leverage, right? Just like compound interest. Everybody knows what compound interest is, yeah. but compound leverage, when you train somebody, right, you give them a system and a process, and then you get that two hours a day back for the rest of your career. The one important thing is you spend that two hours building your business. But if you do that, then you're going to scale and grow. So Sean, you, you just knew that you just knew that from the beginning or like, how did you uh, well, I didn't know that, but I read a great book called Traction. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's it's changed my life, changed our whole business. Uh, Traction, okay. Gina Wickman. Yep. The, the book to have, if especially when you start getting a lot of teammates and do a lot of volume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been great. And so yeah, I figured that's just I just guys smarter than me, you know, just just read up of guys that consult fifty thousand businesses a year. They ought to know a thing or two of what most most small businesses run into and and start doing. Yeah. Yeah. And are, also another, another tip, tip there yeah. is whenever you are training a VA, put it on zoom, click that record and just record the whole training you have with them. Yeah. Copy paste that into a spreadsheet with a training manual. So I have a whole training manual of just conversations I've had with the VAs. Hey, if this happens, this issue, that, and so then they, the next one, you know, you know, if one leaves or if I need another one, boom, they click that binder. They they watch all the videos and they, they get, you know, 90% of what I've already said in the past. How did you train the ISAs to be, do it? So we have this concept at my outdesk, we call it do it just like I would. And so that the leaders and the managers can show somebody exactly the step by one, two, three, four, you know, like this is how I want you to do it. How did you train your ISAs who are on conversations all the time to be able to, you know, answer those weird questions. Like I need to refine, I saw on your list, I need to refinance, but I can't, and I need help and I want out or, you know, like how do you train them with all the various different challenges that come with a fix and flip company? Yeah. It's super overwhelming trying to take it all in one week. So what I do, we have an hour meeting once a week with my VAs, they come with their questions and we just write it down. So now we have all the questions ready. And then we just, you know, I spend, I spend, you know, half hour of that meeting. We just do case studies. Okay. This guy called you. He asked this question. Okay. We haven't heard that. Here's how I would say it. And I mean, I really do invest an hour a week to all the VAs all together. So they all understand, they know what each other's doing. And I think that's been the key is a weekly team meeting and just investing that little bit of time 
and recording it to where then eventually they start, you know, an hour a week over, you know, three years now, now it's like, we're working on very proactive stuff that we never would have thought of. at the beginning. It is crazy. And so just take it one bite at a time. What was your, um, what had, did you have any failures that you learned along the way that you'd like to share so that people can do this right? The answer is yes, of course. A lot of failures. Yeah. Gal, yeah. it's hard to remember three years back at the beginning. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's what I've done is the idea probably took me three months to figure out doing a scorecard and, and knowing what kind of KPIs and it's kind of customized to each business, which mine's kind of unique. Yep. So definitely yep. that scorecard. I think if you do that weekly meeting, have a scorecard in that meeting where you go over it and then just kind of talk with them and discuss and solve issues. I think that's been the key to solving it. If only I would have known, Oh, Hey, this will happen. So you just spend the time, but so a lot of it's just learn as you go. Yeah. It's so what you're saying is there's no shortcut here to building, you know, a call center or an admin team or an operations team. You just have to get into the work, get into the rhythm and handle scenarios as they come. Yeah. Then, then just, just get good at delegating, you know, Hey, you know, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I feel in the video, but I'm like, Hey, I want you to take notes of the whole video and create it into a nice little training written out manual. So I don't have to do it cause I've already set it all. And I let my VAs actually create it. And then it's a double edged sword. Cause then they learn cause they're taking notes on the whole video and watching it again. Yep. So and then just, you just review perfect. the document afterwards and be like, yeah, yep. this is perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. What have you seen as the return on investment? So you're three years in, you have six virtual assistants, you're doing this at a high level. What have you seen as the, the return on investment in your mind? Yeah. I mean, uh, actually, you know, in a book I read, you need at least a 300% ROI on an employee for them to like to actually handle your overhead and everything. But I, I've seen a 500 plus percent ROI from the dollars I pay them to the new deals and income and the time it saved my other 20 to $30 per hour people time savings. So I think definitely worth it. I mean, obviously I have six of them, so hmm. I, I wouldn't have them if, if I didn't think, you know, they're at least making me a a, a decent return on investment and, and saving time of other people. Hard to quantify and all of that, but you know, I mean, just priceless in terms of less headaches, less issues. Uh, I don't feel as stressed like having them do, do kind of monotonous medial tasks. Number one, they enjoy it. You know, I mean, yeah. they find the ones that their personalities enjoy it and mm -hmm. I don't, and my other teammates sometimes do sometimes don't. And so it's also nice just like, Oh, I, I kind of feel, less guilty because they enjoy it. They love it and they feel like they're adding value and they are and yeah. they feel important. They're, they're a great asset to our team. What are some of the cultural differences? One of the questions that we get all the time is how the heck do you work with people in the Philippines? And we've worked with over 6,000 people in our history and you're doing it very successfully. So what are some of the learning curves on the cultural difference? There's a big learning curve. Here's what I think the key is. And yeah. it's when I get new teammates, like I just got a marketing guy and, and some of my VAs help with marketing. I'm like, Hey, you need to, you just got to click that Google chat and do a Google hangout and be face to face at least once a week for a couple months to like get used to each other and the personality. So I think the biggest thing with your VAs or ISAs, whoever you're using is have a weekly face to face on the camera chat. Uh, a lot of people try to explain it in email and all that. I, I just, I click that. So they're available 24 seven on that. Cause you know, when I, my people here internally, I walk straight in their office, let's solve this, let's hash this out. So yep. I do the same thing. Hey, we get on the call just like we are. And I, I pull up a Google spreadsheet and uh, we, we uh, share, I share my screen or a Google word doc. And we just write out all the things that we can do better and improve on or that I want them to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the key is 
um, really set up your camera and your mic and make sure your, your ISAs have that, which all of them do if they're in my out desk and, yep. and call them weekly. It's, that's probably been the biggest. And then, yeah. So the Philippines people, they're, they're so nice. They're very timid mm-hmm. yep. to, uh, talk to you and like with authority, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, at least I felt they're a little, you know, they're a little more too. So what I try to do is like, Hey, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what I can do yeah. better. What our team can do better. If you're doing a, something and you think you can do it faster, another way that I didn't tell you, tell it to me, let's talk about it. And if it's better, I mean, let's, heck let's do it. Yeah. So yeah. that's been a big one. It's just really, you need to almost like encourage that two or three times more where my people here, you know, at home base, I mean, I hear it all day. They'll tell me their complaints and what we're doing wrong, yeah, how I yeah, can get yeah. better. I'm like, okay, thanks. Maybe a little less over, you know, the Philippine people, I, you kind of need to encourage that a little more. That's probably the best advice that I've heard from a client is just encourage participation and you have to forcefully ask them to give you advice. Oh, and do it for three months, you know, until they finally are like, oh, okay. And do it good. You know, like receive it well. Like, thank you for telling me that. Number one, I'm glad you told me that even though it's, you know, it might be somewhat of an error on their end or like, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you told me that because at least now we can solve it, you know? Yeah. Because I was like, at first with, we didn't have this live call answer until I was like, Oh wow, we're only answering like, you know, half the calls live. I'm like, what's going on. And really what it is, is we just had to adjust the hours of their time. I was like, I wouldn't know that if they wouldn't have just like pointed that out to me. So, or if like you that. weren't track or if you weren't tracking with a spreadsheet, right? right? Yep. And, and the thing is that, that live calls answer, I say it one time in our meeting, I was like, huh, I wonder how many we answer live. Hey, why don't you figure that out? Jess? Then the next week she has in a spreadsheet and then all of a sudden every week she's doing it. I'm like, Oh wow. Oh, okay. Wow. We're doing good. So then I'm like, oh, all right. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I love so it. it's so, really awesome. So you're getting a five X return. You understand how to work with them culturally. You built systems and process and training. You do a weekly conversation with them every week. And on top of that, you've, you've, your business has grown substantially. Your interior people, people that work in the office and they're with you in Memphis, they're happier. They're doing higher level work. Totally. And so what advice would you get? I mean, all of that is amazing, by the way, that's exactly what we, we want our clients to do when you're, when they're brand new, we might send this video out for, Hey, you're brand new. Check out Sean. He's doing it right. But what advice would you give somebody who's just now thinking about signing up and just starting? Well, what's, what's hard is like, you know, we kind of already had a pretty big team. It's hard when you're doing a couple deals of, you know, a month. And this is like, Oh man, this is like 25% of my, my income will be going to paying this ISA. You know, it's hard when you're starting out small, but I mean, it just, you got to commit. You gotta, you gotta let go of the vine. You got to let go of, uh, that's what it says in the traction, but you got to let go and delegate down those tasks. So that, that way it frees up, not only if it frees up, it just frees up that ability to explore and be creative as you have more people. Uh, especially, I mean, I think the highest number one I would suggest is hiring an assistant, whether that's home base or an ISA and ISA, I think would be almost better. Cause it like, it forces you to, to really train them well. Cause when they're home base, you can be like kind of looking over their shoulder and training mm-hmm. them. But if they're an ISA, you gotta, you gotta really know how to train one. Well it, it forces you to be a good leader and a manager and, and really clearly state out what you need because they're not well, right in front in, of you all the time. What's interesting is I assume, and I'm kind of curious, this is a question for you. What do you think this has done to the valuation of the company? All of these systems and processes, if you had to sit down with a potential buyer for your company and you're like, here's our system. What do you think that's done for the valuation of the, of the business? Uh-huh. 
it's worth at least a billion dollars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mean, we, we haven't even considered any of that, but I mean, I mean, definitely a, a ton of value, especially the systems. It's, it's replicatable uh, mm-hmm. now with all the processes we have. I don't know. I mean, definitely increase the value. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Not well, a million just, dollars, I would hope, but not, not in close to that, but <laughs> you can take it for that if you want. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So Mike, why would somebody not do this in your mind? I mean, I know you work with a lot of people who are like nervous about it or not really ready to kind of let go of the vine, as you would say, what causes somebody to not make this leap? I mean, so comparing, you know, I would say number one, if you're not tech savvy and you're not a good trainer and a leader, you're not good at uh, systematizing anyways on your own. If you're disorganized, you might want to hire your first person as like uh, an organized person, uh, which could be an ISA, um, you know, but maybe an operations person. Yep. Uh, yep. So, so that someone, I mean, I guess someone who's just not, if you're not open to kind of the thought of this, maybe, maybe, maybe don't, maybe, maybe have someone, you know, home base nearby, do it for you and, and really figure that out first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once when that person at home base gets good, maybe they could train an ISA. So, uh, so yeah, if you're not tech savvy, can't do the video chats like this and everything, it is pretty difficult over the phone or through email. I, I actually, I think it'd be impossible for me. It'd be super hard if I couldn't chat face to face with them. So if you're not good at that tech stuff, I, I would suggest not, you know, makes sense. Being honest. Yeah. You said you were using our folks for marketing, which is exciting for me because you, you have everybody now you have a call, you have calling people, you have operations people and you're marketing people. Yes. So our marketing people, they're more like assistance to our main marketing person. Um, they uh, just kind of make sure there's a, there's a Facebook post every day. You know, they, they do little graphics and, and little flyers for properties. Yep. Uh, just kind of marketing basics per the direction of our marketing director. Um, they, they actually can edit videos, put an intro and an outro on it. They, that the podcast that we, or videos, YouTube videos that we do, they kind of just, you know, edit it. They can take out little basic things here and there. Then just, you know, just the daily, daily little things. Uh, they, they help compose the emails. Then we check them, you know, put the properties here and there in this format. I mean, quite a bit. So they're, they're helping you guys basically go to market with the properties that you own, as well as helping you get new leads coming in every single day. Yes. They're basically gathering all the info, you know, like if I'm an investor and I'm going to buy a house thousands of miles away from some guys in Memphis, right. You know, as a turnkey, I'm going to want to know what repairs were done. What are some pictures of the house? When will it be completed? Uh, you know, what's your normal processes. So our VA compiles, gathers all that info from our rehab guys. Hey, we need the pictures on this property. It's been two weeks. We need picture updates. Uh, we need what's going to be done. They, they make it all pretty into a nice format. You know, so just compiling marketing documents and checklists yet again, checklists all day. <laughs> you you got to be good at that. All, they just, they live, you know, my, my VA, my whole team, myself personally, we just live off checklists. Hey, new property. Okay. I need these 20 things to be marketed right. If I don't get this one, I know who to contact. Here's how you contact him. And, and that's, that's what our RSAs do all that internal work instead of me or my, you know, my salesman gathering all that info, they're doing it for us at, you know, a fraction of the dollar per hour cost of, of our time. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. Well, Sean, we're going to wrap up one. I want to thank you for agreeing to share your scorecard. I think that's freaking awesome. I think it's, it kind of just demonstrates how giving you are and willing to kind of give back to the community. So I want to just thank you for that. What would you leave our audience with? Like what's the one thing in your mind when considering hiring a virtual assistant? Man, I got the hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've pretty much said it all. I mean, I've been an open book here and, and yeah, I, I, I guess I'll just go off that. Just your mindset above all this, just, you know, kind of going off even a higher level is, you know, you, you give what you give, you get back 10 times more. I firmly believe that from the universe, from your God perspective, whatever, whatever your religion is, I, but you know, me being, you know, Christ, I believe what you give, it comes back in return. So what I think is, you know, with these V, you know, the virtual assistants in the Philippines, you know, I mean, we're giving them a nice job and all my people here, a nice job with a nice, hopefully I'd like to say I'm a nice employee that, you know, so they're not stressed coming to work. Cause I, I hated that. I hate that where yeah. you're stressed to tell your boss, if you made a mistake, I'm okay with it. As long as it doesn't repeat, you know, we track it and we yeah. learn, you know, and so I'm reasonable, you know, obviously if not, I've, I've had to let go of people, but I've, I've given them plenty of fair warning. So yeah. I think like overall from a, you know, being a business owner, having people, you know, we're, we're the steward, we're responsible for them. And I take accountability. If they mess up, I'm like, you know what? I should have told you that that's actually my bad. I take, you know, some or all of that blame. Yeah. So I think just step into your mindset of like, I'm here to really help them out because not, a, you know, you tr try not to make it for themselves. If the more they succeed, the more I succeed, but right. more it's like, you know, I just want them to have a good life. You know, they're, they're, they're working, you know, and if they're happy at work, they'll go home after work to their kids where they're happy with their kids. And I yeah. think it just, it just trickles down to, to their, you know, to the whole, the whole earth, you know, making everyone happy. So that's kind of my, my overall um, general thoughts there of business ownership and everything. I love it. So basically be a great leader and this will work. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> I would suggest, I would suggest reading, you know, traction. So anything by Gina Wickman, how to be yep. a great boss goes on to a lot of that. Yep. I do all of that. I actually have a quarterly conversation with each of the ISAs quarterly and like privately, Hey, let's talk about it. I think you're doing great here. Hey, you can improve here. Yep. Um, I think it just really helps out a lot and, and just makes it so much easier to communicate. So anyways, yeah, those, those are my Sean's thoughts take for what it is. <laughs> I love it, man. Sean, thank you so much. CEO of Memphis Investment Properties. Thanks for joining us today and appreciate you sharing so much valuable information. Hey, sure thing, Dan. Honored to be on here. Anyone can reach out to me anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.